Part two of session 28, and now it's time to talk about the octaves. Let's begin. All right, in the last video, part one of this session, we talked about the logos and the sub-logos, and we still have more to talk about it, but the rest of this session is going to go around the octaves and what they mean. Uh, there's one part that is really gonna blow your minds, um, and it's just fascinating to think about it in, in a way that is just congruent with the whole creation. But I also want to make a notation there because people may uh, conceive it probably in the wrong way. So I just want to give it my flavor. So this is going to concentrate a lot in the octaves and other minor stuff that's going to continue the line of question and the done had. So again, we're going to go into the rest of the session that we have and is Don asking, saying thank you. Do all of the individualized portions of the logos then in our uh, I'll call the lenticular galaxy that we are in 250 billion suns or stars. I will call that the major galaxy, just so we will not get mixed up in our terms. You can already see that Don was very cautious about how he asked these questions. He goes on to ask, does all consciousness then in this individualized form that goes into what we are calling the major galaxy start out and go through all of the densities in order? one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or 10 to the eight, or is there, shall I say, some who start higher up the rank and go in a, so that there is always a mixture of intelligent consciousness in the galaxy. So <laughs> I feel like I have to uh, clarify Don's question here. And to give him credit, I feel like uh, Don wanted to ask really good questions. And he did, of course. Uh, but he would sometimes doubt himself to see if Ra would understand the question, especially because Ra sometimes would say, uh, restate the question, you must answer or ask specifically and so on. So I can see that little hesitation from Don here. What he's asking is if, remember, we're coming from the abstract where the Logos is created and then all the beings are created. And Ra explained this in the last part, uh, the last video. And it went on to say how the planets are formed and so on. But what Don wants to ask is the individualized portions of consciousness. How do they take over and how do they, um, how do they manifest in, uh, in the octave itself? And that's where he's asking the question, do they start higher up in the octaves or do they start from first density? Because that is the beginning of, say, the planets. And so that's the question. Do the beings start from say, and this is a really good question that we're gonna get, say your higher self. If your higher self is you in another uh, density of consciousness, namely six density consciousness, then the question is, were you here first and then became your higher self and then came back? Or is your higher self always there and you came here? This is more like, you know, chicken and the egg question and, uh, the answer is more surprising than you think. So we're going to get into the answer of Ra here, where they say, the latter is more nearly correct. In each beginning, there is the beginning from infinite strength. 
Free will acts as a catalyst. Beings begin to form the universes. Consciousness then begins to have the potential to experience. The potentials of experience are created as a part of intelligent energy and are fixed before experience begins. Okay, so let's clarify one term when they say strength. We know from last session, session 27, where they said that uh, the creative principle of love, it's not so much like a frequency as Don wanted to ask, but more like a strength. And that strength is what makes uh, the potentials for intelligent energy. And uh, what Ra is saying, you know, right from the beginning is that the latter is more correct, meaning that there is a higher, uh, say, being in, and it's curious how they say nearly correct, because it seems like everything is already as a potential in the creation of the Logos. We say that again. Remember that the Logos is the first manifested part in our universe, meaning this physical illusion. Um, and so the Logos creates the planets and everything else, but everything is within the Logos already before it's manifested. And again, manifestation being the uh, representation of the Logos and the rest of the creation around it through... Um, the uh, the octaves and that is um, out of the abstract and into the concrete the physical illusion that we live in here so all of that is already there but he says or they say that it is the uh, the latter is more correct meaning that there are higher uh, entities who are sort of in um, I don't want to say in charge but they are the ones overseeing everything so that so that they themselves can have the experience and that is uh, sort of like what's happening with the higher self the higher self is there having experiences here and that's how the higher self incarnates here to have an experience and know itself because the higher self doesn't know itself it just has a different view of reality or the physical illusion but it doesn't know itself as much as if it would have an experience here. So I hope that makes sense. The higher self came first, but actually it wasn't the chicken or the egg, it was the thought of the higher self because the thought came from the Logos and the Logos created <laughs> the higher self. So there you have it. There's more to this answer and we're gonna go to what Ra finished saying. However, there is always due to free will acting infinitely upon the creation, a great variation in initial responses to intelligent energy's potential. Thus, almost immediately, the foundations of the, shall we call it, hierarchical nature of beings begins to manifest as some portions of consciousness or awareness, learn through experience in a much more efficient manner. So I want to go back to, because I think I missed something, uh, when they say that uh, beings to, uh, this is from the previous slide, beings begin to form the universes, that's, uh, those are the higher beings, consciousness or, uh, consciousness then begins to have the potential to experience, that is, like I said, it, you know, that's, consciousness as it individualizes then has the potential to have experience within the creation of the octave, meaning this octave here in the solar system. Let's just stay with the solar system and then we can extrapolate to other star system if we want in our minds. But um, then they say the potentials of experience are created as part of intelligent energy and are fixed before experience begins. Just like I said, the potentials 
almost like the blueprint is already there. Everything uh, is there. The potential of me being here talking was always here. And now it's being manifested through the uh, individualized portion of consciousness that I represent within the octave of this creation. But my free will is the one that is creating the manifestation. It's almost like the potential for you to go in and get ice cream is right there. It was created in the logos. But you doing it, that's the question. Are you going to get some ice cream or not? Well, that depends on your free will. So uh, that's what they mean. The potentials of experience are created as part of intelligent energy and are fixed before experience begins. So we're going to explore more of this as, as we go through uh, the rest of this session. All right, so now to the new slide where they say, however, there is always due to free will acting infinitely upon the creation, a great variation in initial responses to intelligent energy's potential. Meaning that there is, of course, because of free will, uh, all the, the potential is there, but there's a great variation depending on the free will of uh, the beings themselves. And the veil, of course, also adds another layer, but we're not gonna get into that. Thus, almost immediately, the foundations of the, shall we call it, hierarchical nature of beings, begins to manifest as some portions of consciousness or awareness, learn through experience in a much more efficient manner. Meaning that um, those, uh, the hierarchical nature of beings through, uh, through the octave begin to manifest as some portion of consciousness learned through the experience in more efficient manners. The evolution of uh, the beings through the densities now they're talking about. And, it, you know, it, it depends on the efficiency of the beings themselves. So, um, that's basically it. Uh, it's just how it is structured. See it as a circle or a cycle. And, you know, the, the higher self at the top in sixth density, it's kind of having the experiences in the lower densities always. And that's just how the, the cycle goes. But all the experiences are unique because we, with our free will and our other, uh, like I said, the veil, does create the, the potential of having so many experiences. So that's all through free will, just like you're having right now. Did you get the ice cream? I don't know. <laughs> all right. So next question, Don says, is there any reason for some portions being much more efficient in learning? Ra says, is there any reason for some to learn more quickly than others? Look, if you wish, to the function of the will, the, shall we say, attraction of the upward spiraling line of light. Uh, <laughs> I love how Rao says, like, is there a reason why some people learn faster than others? Uh, it's just how it is. And that was Don's question, you know, is there a reason why some are advance more efficiently? And they say, well, you know, everybody learns at their own uh, pace, basically. Now. The interesting part is when they say, look if you wish to the function of the will. There's quite a lot to unpack here and I'll try to make it as succinct as possible. So uh, look at the function of the will. What is the function of the will? And they're, they're gonna give an example. Our will is what we want to do, is what we put our strength, our infinite strength into and how we direction our lives, right? In this case, the they say, shall we say, attraction to the upward spiraling light, line of light. So the upward spiraling line uh, of light is that energy, prana, that is coming through us, that life force that is, as you can see in the border here, and I'm gonna make, uh, 
can probably see it there, so let me bring it up front. Uh, getting much better with the special effects now. So the board is now here, and you can see with my very crude depiction of a human uh, getting uh, that prana in red, and um, that is the upward spiraling uh, line of lights. Uh, now, don't look too much at the chakras that are there because we're going to bring him back now. So back to my face. Now, uh, that line of energy is what's coming up naturally. But with our will, we pull that prana. This is the kundalini. What you just saw is the kundalini, or at least it's a like I said, a very crude depiction of a human with the kundalini energies coiling around it or inside it. So that uh, pulling, like they say, the pulling, the attraction of um, the upper spiraling line of energy, which we call prana, is what's coming through us. And we pull it with our will, depending on where we focus our consciousness. That's why a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm always emotional right down here because your will is concentrated here. Whereas if your will is right here, then you have an, you have meeting the two snakes, the two snakes of the, what is called, the, rock holds it, the, the North Pole, uh, right at the crown, but it's actually the inner lights. But I don't want to complicate things now. This is, this is going to be in further sessions. I think it's 53, 55, 57, around there in the 50s uh, when we talk more about this in detail. But the point is that this is the, uh, the function of the will, to pull that. And because of that, you learn quickly. Give you an example because of like i said you know somebody who is very emotional and is living here in survival mode is meeting the kundalini energy right at the bottom so it's not lifting it it's not bringing it up in their potential whereas somebody who is more at the heart level it's meeting the two energies right at the heart level which is supposed to be for us to be harvested here on uh, our third density experience on planet earth just a little uh little ad there for <laughs> harvest you want to get harvest lift them through uh through consciousness and you know unconditional love understanding starting with yourself but anyhow um so yeah that's how it works and you pull that prana through your consciousness and meet it up there so that's why people who are more up here at the heart or higher chakras then they can actually learn faster because catalyst becomes almost like this is a good example we talked about how we choose our parents after we activate the heart chakra at some point in our previous incarnations we start choosing our parents here on uh, on third density well at the same time we can choose our catalyst as we go up and meet this uh this energy this prana energy what our inner lights uh, the north pole star um thing Ron calls it the Polaris to the Polaris of self or something like that because it's a guiding it's a guiding star it's a guiding energy so in any case that's how we learn faster and learning in a metaphysical sense so um, I got really you know deep into this but I just wanted to um, just expand on what they say there because that's this is you know the, the whole reason why we should be reading the law of one I mean from my perspective it's if we're looking for growth, you know, is to get this golden nuggets that are here. And as long as we have the understanding, the concepts and the, um, especially the visualization, but more importantly, the practical 
sense or the practical aspects of learning this and applying them in life. So as soon as I see something like this, I want to share it. I don't know if I'm right. Uh, I just know that I feel it in my heart that that's how it is. So, all right, but let's go on. The next question, Don says, now as the major galaxy is created, and I'm assuming all of its densities, I am assuming all, there are eight densities created when this major galaxy is created. Is this correct? <laughs> Don is still fumbling here. Um, Ra says, this is basically correct. However, it is well to perceive that the eighth density functions also as the beginning density or first density in its latter stages of the next octave of densities. Okay, so here's where we're gonna pull the board again to the front and you're gonna see these three uh, chakras or not three chakras, but the three uh, bundles of chakras or densities. Same thing. What Ra is saying, and look to the smallest set of chakras or densities. Imagine that we are in the yellow one, right? That this, the first one is our universe, our octave. And our whole octave actually is, or our seven chakras are actually the octave of or the octave is the first density of the next octave. And so the next octave is altogether the first density of the next octave and so on and so on and so on. All right, so this is the part that I wanted to show as depicted there, that that's what Rai is saying, that it is correct that all the octave, I mean, the whole octave is created once this, you know, all the densities are created when the octave is created, of course. And Ra is saying, it is well to perceive that the eighth density of our, um, of our say, uh, octave, the eighth density functions also as the beginning density or first density in its latter stages of the next octave of densities. So, before we get this this feeling, because I know there's there's always the possibility of feeling a dread, you know, oh my God, we're so small, <laughs> because we have this uh, inferiority uh, fear or complex that we're going, we're, we're we're very small. We got this through reductionist science saying that, oh, you know, we're only uh, a speckle of dust in the universe, planet Earth. The pale blue dot of Carl Sagan. Uh, not so much. We are the whole universe. We are the whole cosmos. I have, you know, that's a. Uh, we have to see that. Otherwise, we're in big trouble trying to identify ourselves with the creation. So, in any case, that's what's happening. All of that is part of the. Um, uh, it's a cyclical process. It's not, and we're gonna get in more detail now in the next um, um, answer, but we, this is not like we are just say, we are the survival uh, part of the next octave. Could be, you know, but it's an experience anyway, so why take it too serious? Uh, and it's not a hierarchical thing other than knowing that there is many octaves, but let me not get ahead of myself as I always do. We're gonna go to the next question where Don says, are you saying then there are an infinite number of octaves of densities, one through eight? 
And then Ra says, oh, hold your horses. We wish to establish that we are truly humble messengers of the Love One. We can speak to you of our experiences and our understandings and teach, learn in limited ways. However, we cannot speak in firm knowledge of all the creations. We know only that they are infinite. We assume an infinite number of octaves. So again, <laughs> Ra saying it's like, oh, wait a minute. We're still part of the same octave that you are. So we don't know. Uh, and, you know, we're just... When they say, every time they say we're from the law of one or we are from messengers or whatever the case may be, you know, they're always referring like we are from sex density, man. You know, we don't know everything. And they say, you know, that they can talk about the experiences that they've had and their limited understandings, uh, but they cannot speak in firm, like they can't say that the, the universe is infinite because they haven't experienced that, you know. Um, but, you know, they do say, we know that uh, they are infinite. And you can see, I mean, look at it, look how cautious they are to say concretely something. Because the question is, you know, are you saying that there is an infinite number of octaves? And they say all of that to finish up and say, we assume an infinite number of octaves. Just like Don assumed. So they're saying, you know, we don't want to say for sure, but uh, we do assume the same thing like you do. I mean... Uh, that's just how it's it makes sense but god i love these little details this is what actually makes i'm gonna make a pause here and a parenthesis this is what makes the raw material so revered because it is it is not something that it's being preached it's something that's being conversated it's almost like buddhism Buddh buddhism is it's a it's more like a dialogue and it's not a teaching specific teaching it's a dialogue that is happening between student and master. And this could be from the reader and the author, or it could be from a speaker and the audience, or it could be the guru and the student. You know, this is exactly what's happening here. At times I feel like Ra is just a higher, uh, in, an interdimensional Buddha that is there, not even a Buddha, but a Bodhisattva in this case. But in any case, uh, I just feel like there's this is really the essence of why I love this material so much. So, all right, uh, there's more to say. Ra says, however, it has been impressed upon us by our teachers that there is a mystery clad unity of creation in which all consciousness periodically coalesces and again begins. Thus, we can only say we assume an infinite progression, though we understand it to be cyclical in nature. And as we have said, clad in mystery. So the clad, the mystery clad part is um, it's the creator it's the unity it's something that nobody can actually uh, feel and then ex express or explain here it's always going to be in mystery because it's almost like saying you know um, I want to bring unity to division it's a paradox and it cannot happen as long I mean as, as far as we know I don't know that's just how it seems to be. And um, they're saying that. They're saying, you know, we are teachers. They have teachers themselves from seven density or a sort of consciousness that talks to them. Because in seven density, there is the beginning of seven density is where you start stripping away all identity with everything. And you become one with the creator. You become conscious of the whole creation in essence. But it's not you yourself. It's not Ra as a... Uh, social memory complex it is uh, this creator it's like a thought 
It's like when you have a thought and you have an aha moment, it was it the thought or was it you? You know, it's the same thing. The whole universe, this whole model of the law of one um, can be likened to a mind, a human mind. We are all dancing thoughts, Ra said at the beginning, session one. And honestly, that's what's happening. So your individual thoughts are simply uh, thoughts. They are there to give you the illusion of experience. So if you have a thought about, say, getting that ice cream, right? <laughs> you have the thought. You're having the experience in your mind. So you're experiencing it and not doing it. The same thing is happening here. It's an illusion. Your thoughts are an illusion, but they feel very real, right? And in the same way, all those thoughts, if they were to come alive and be conscious, they would say, man, that ice cream is delicious. I want more. But there is no ice cream, right? And that's what's happening. Eventually, all those thoughts, they merge with the creator. You are the creator. Your mind is the creation. And you have the experience. And that's why you have thoughts. So, again, that's what they're saying. And yes, um, uh, I got lost with the ice cream. Man, I miss ice cream. <laughs> In which all conscious spirit coalesces and again begins. So this is pretty important because no matter how many octaves there exist, because assuming an infinite amount of octaves, who cares? You know, it's just all one big uh, heart beating together to have all kinds of experiences. And whatever the experiences might be in the next octave, in the next order, or the one under us, if you want to see it that way, uh, or inside us, actually, uh, would be just, you know, part of, like they say, a cyclical process. So it's... Um, it's all cyclical, and again, the clad mystery thing is just the creator itself. So, I hope this puts it into context, because um, I think this can be a very complex material that can be very much simplified in um, layman terms, because we have a mind, and this mind is no less, no more than the creator's mind. So it's easy to make analogies and so on, so that's why... I get uh, excited with all this stuff. We just like to talk about it. But in the end, it's all very simple. All right. Question 2618 after they make Carla cough because she was still feeling a little down in health. Don says, thank you. When this major galaxy is formed by the logos, polarity then exists in a sense that we have electrical polarity, a gravitational effect that probably isn't polarity. I am... I'll have to ask that question. We do have electrical polarity existing at that time. Is this correct? And uh, again, Don is still kind of lost. With kind of, what kind of question should I ask Ra? And Ra says, I accept this as correct with the stipulation that what you term electrical can be understood as not only the one Larson stipulated its meaning, but also in what you would call the metaphysical sense. So polarity here, uh, not only in the physical or the space-time uh, electrical that we know in this energetic uh, third density experience but also in the metaphysical sense because as you know there is also the polarity of consciousness and that polarity of consciousness is really what we're here for I mean everything else is here for uh, potentiate that polarity to polarize so even electrical polarity is just an experience or part of intelligent energy manifested in a way so we can have some sort of energy value. So yes, all of this is 
it's it's correct it's being created as the logos is created and the octave is created because i mean the metaphors and i think that's why they emphasize that because the one most important polarity is obviously uh the metaphysical one which is our consciousness so clarification there don says are you saying then that we not only have a polarity of electrical charge but also a polarity in consciousness at that time oh, i got ahead of myself there ron says this is correct all is potentially available from the beginning of your physical space time it then being the function of consciousness complexes to begin to use the physical materials to gain experience to then polarize in a metaphysical sense the potentials for this are not created by the experiencer but by intelligent energy so i said all this already yes the potential uh is there um and it's just up to us the consciousness complexes us to begin to use this physical materials the creation the space-time creation to gain experience to then polarize remember we're here to have an experience and those experiences we can if we choose to use it to polarize ourselves towards the positive or the negative very simple we've gone through this in all the rest of the material and then they say which is what i'm going to emphasize now the potentials for this are not created by the experiencer i am not creating the potentials the potentials were created already uh, with the logos as it manifested so the logos thought about an idea and said aha i want this and the whole potential was there the whole creation was there so the potential is there and it's not created by the experiences but by intelligent energy and intelligent energy again comes out from the logos uh, so we are just using the potential and the physical experience to polarize so there is material and then there is potential and that material is this right here me and you uh, you listening to me or to your grandma or to your boss or girlfriend or husband or other people friends you know that's the experience nature itself it's experience too but nothing like other selves big point there there's no other way to polarize faster than to deal with other selves because they are reflections of you everything you see in everybody else is a reflection of you so if you hate somebody you're hating on yourself if you love somebody you're loving yourself it's a reflection so the potentials are not created by the experiencer but by intelligent energy period that is very clear i believe okay last question we have here for session 28 Don says, I am assuming that the process of creation then, after the original creation of the major galaxy, is continued by the further individualization of consciousness of the Logos, so that there are many, many portions of individualized consciousness, then creating further items, you might say, for experience all over the galaxy. Is this correct? And Ra says, this is correct, for within the, shall we say, guidelines or ways of the Logos, the sub-Logos may find various means of differentiating experiences without removing or adding to these ways. Poof. Okay, so last question. We end up really, really nice. Because uh, what Don is asking is that if the further individualization of the Logos, say the sub-Logos, consciousness itself, can create more experience. Because of how we manipulate and manipulation not in the sense you know what i mean uh but using uh, handling 
the tools that were given by the the main logos, the the one logos. We are sub logos or sub logoi, and and Ra says yes, this is correct. You know, all the potential is there. Of course, we can we can do that, and that is the that is actually the the idea, the idea that these individualized portions of consciousness, as they developed, as they evolved then now they can start making their own creations, just like the sun did, and other stars have done, and other planets have done as they evolve. So they say, within, of course, within the guidelines or ways of the logos, it has to be. The sub-logos may find various means of differentiating experiences without removing or adding to these ways. So you cannot take away from uh, the guidelines that were uh, given to you by yourself, actually, because you are the logos. Uh, always important to keep that in mind. Don't let the human mind get in the way of visualizing this as a whole and think about separateness because the sub-logoi are uh, the masters, the logos. The galactic logos is subduing the rest of the sub-logoi. Don't let the human mind interfere with oneness. I should probably tweet that. I don't know who's going to understand it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, differentiating experiences without removing or adding to these ways. We cannot take away, nor you can add, you're only playing with the same tools, but infinite potentials, infinite possibilities. And that's how we end session 28. Conclusions. Since we talked about the creation up to the point where consciousness starts having experience, now we're in familiar territory because we're talking about our experience here, practical things. First of all, we get a reminder that uh, the reason why we're here, and we finally got you know some port some portion of this this material, uh, this material being uh, session 27 and 28, where we talk about polarizing ourselves, and this is something that we have been discussing in previous videos because that is the whole purpose of this creation. This creation is made for us to have an experience, and we are another great thing to take out of this last two sessions. 27 and 28, is to see the unifying principle of love as the binding agent for everything. And as we live by that creative principle, we know that the whole universe was manifested uh, through that, uh, that principle. And as we know that, we know that we come from one thought of the creator, or one creator that subdivided itself to have different logois and or logoi, it's inherent there. <laughs> um, so those subdivisions that happen are going to create even more experience within the infinite possibilities, and those are those are our purposes. That's why we're here to have an experience, so we can rejoin eventually with uh, seven density in the next octave and bring that experience to ourselves, just like the thought of the ice cream brings the experience to yourself. And uh, what do you do with that? I don't know, mystery clad. So <laughs> uh, that's um, it's, a, it's a good reminder. So once again, I said it before and I'll repeat it because I think it's the most important part is to remember that we polarize uh, ourselves with dealing with other people. And this is why uh, perhaps right now it is so sensitive to try to deal with other people because so many divisions and uh, separations. 
If you are watching the Law of One in Greek philosophy series that I started, I highly recommend that you watch the one of Empedocles, which should be coming out soon, where Empedocles talked about this. This is 2,600 years ago, almost. And uh, love being the binding agent and strife being the uh, separating one. Two forces of the universe by Empedocles. This is, again, almost 2,600 years ago. He got it completely right. One of the things that he said is that separation, there is a point in the universe, which again, you know, it's a very uh, rudimentary model, but for us right now, back then it was way too sophisticated. And I feel like other philosophers overlooked that to a degree. Uh, but right now we know that we are at the stage of the highest possible division, at least perceivably. It's all an illusion in the end. And that's why we need to get a grip of reality in this sense, knowing that all the apparent division is the game that people are playing. And they feel it very real. Don't get me wrong. You know, Some people have gotten into their... Um, into their roles in this big act, this big play. Uh, speaking of that, Shakespeare said it, you know, the world is a stage, and funny enough, Democritus, again, getting uh, some uh, uh, some promotion to my, <laughs> to my series on the law of one in Greek philosophy, Democritus said the same thing. The world is a stage, you know, you come, you see, and you leave, you go. And uh, some people are very much into their roles here, and they buy into the division and uh, separation. So that is catalyst for us to even see more our unity within those that see separation with us. That to me is great. That to me is fascinating because it shows how much you can learn right now from other people playing to be separate from you. And this, you know, lends credence to the idea that the more we deal with other selves, it doesn't have to be personally, but mentally, the more we uh, we experience those things that makes us, you know, cringe. Oh my God! If there is a lot to cringe right now, uh, or if there has been any amount of cringing uh, possibilities in the universe. I think it's now. So it's good because that's telling you something about yourself, not about the situation itself. So, but I don't want to get this, you know, uh, extend this um, this video more, much more into that area. Uh, just a reminder that the more you can do that, the more you polarize or you have the potential to polarize, let's put it that way. So uh, it all depends on you and how you deal with it and never feel that you're doing something wrong or something bad. All of that, again, it's an illusion and it's just making you inform even more about yourself. So just pay attention, you know, stop thinking about the thinker because you'll start thinking about the thinker that thinks. So <laughs> with that, uh, I think it's enough. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate you, 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 not the others, you watching. And if you haven't subscribed, like, comment, because it helps spread this for other people that synchronistically need to watch this and uh, you are putting that little grain of sand into the YouTube arena and everywhere else, especially if you share it. Share it with somebody that may, may care about it. So that's all I have to say. Thank you again, and I'll see you in session 29.